This session is brought to you by Define Use Move Retreat. What people don't understand is when you are addressing your mental health, then that is when you are um, taking proactive measures. So that's where the issue lies when people hear mental health is automatically assumed there is a mental illness and then there is a negative stigma. The thing that does always come up is somebody that's crazy. Welcome to Define You Radio. Class is in session each week with guests who didn't let their past define them and have found a way to define themselves in life. Pens and papers ready. Class is now in session with your host, Valencia Griffin-Wallace. Hey, kings and queens, welcome to Define You Radio Classes in Session. I am your host, Valencia Griffin-Wallace, and in today's session, we are discussing mental health and self-esteem with Queen Terry Bolds of Bold Vision Consulting. Pens and papers ready. Let's go ahead and welcome Queen Terry to the show. Hi, Queen Terry. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I am really excited to have you on because the mental health aspect that I got from everything I found on you, it seems like you're really passionate about mental health. Why is Mm -hmm. that? Um, I'm passionate about mental health because when, when I was choosing my major and as I was going through my studies, it was once I completed my undergrad and specifically my graduate career that saved me and it saved me mentally. It helped me understand where I came from. It helped me to look at my experiences in a different way. It helped me to look at my parents differently. It helped me to look at um, myself differently. And so once I was able to understand why things were the way they were, I felt like it was really important for other people to learn why things are the way they are. I I love that. Now, I'm no mental health expert, (laughs) but, you know, I I took a couple of psychology classes because I just knew I was going to go to school for psychology to realize how long it was going to take between the internship. And I was like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, Mind (laughs) you, I went to college like me and my son were in college at the same time. So I went to college way later and I was like, you know what? I'm older than some of these teachers and I was having to get (laughs) teachers in line and it's a whole other thing. But um, when I took the psychology classes, I started analyzing me and then I started analyzing Mm -hmm. everybody else and then I swore I had every disorder that was in the uh what you call it the (laughs) DVM DSM DSM. I was like oh my gosh I have this (laughs) disorder this is like I should get a check but that's a whole other (laughs) show (laughs) do you do you feel like um there's a lot of 
what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of uh, misconceptions when it comes to mental health. Because when you hear mental health, you automatically think crazy people. Right. So the the issue lies is when people hear mental health, they attribute it to mental illness. Mm. And what people don't understand is when you are addressing your mental health, just as if you were addressing your physical health, then that is when you are um, taking proactive measures so that you don't become physically ill or so that you don't become mentally ill. Or as some things are genetic, when, you know, physically, some things are genetic or you, you know, have a predisposition to um, mentally as well. So that's where the issue lies when people hear mental health is automatically assumed there is a mental illness and then there is a negative stigma put on mental illness because the thing that does always come up is somebody that's crazy. And Mm. that's not always the case. Mm, I love the, the proactive measures and I never thought about it like that. And something you just said, um, as far as like genetic, uh, Mm -hmm. mental health, mental health or mental issues, I don't know the proper way to say that, but what's something that you have seen that tends to be a genetic, a genetic mental health or mental illness issue? Um, so I don't, I don't get too deep into really the the brain functioning and things like that. But depression is something that um, is typically, you know, the chemical imbalance and things that are um, passed down. And what people need to understand is that everybody has a depressive episode. Mm. At some point in their life, you have some kind of situation that you've been depressed about. The difference is, um, as far as how you're diagnosed with with depression, with the DSM-5, um, now it is DSM-5, um, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, there are um, criteria that you have to, um, that you go against to see, you know, checking off to see what you fit. And, you know, the biggest thing is the amount of time you've experienced um, your symptoms. So um, you, you have depression not otherwise specified. So, which could be just, you know, you've lost your job and you just, you know, having a little bad time or whatever for like a week or two or whatever. But if you are reoccurring um, weeks, months at a time, it's constant, it's constant. Those are the kind of things that can be um, genetic and that, um, things that you have to be aware of. And those are things that, um, I hope I'm not jumping the gun. Those are things that have happened in our families, but we didn't know that's what the problem was. You know, Mm -hmm. uncle or such and such or aunt such and such, they always moody. They always got a problem. What's wrong with them? But it was something, some kind of mental illness that was never addressed. And I see that a lot just thinking about with my own family and people I know, we as a community, 
definitely blow it, blow it off. There's a mm-hmm. lot of stigma attached. So as adults, if we're carrying some sort of stigma or that, oh, just get over it or, oh, that's just my crazy uncle. How mm-hmm. then do you go about educating the youth on mental health when they come from a family of, you know, a certain mindset or that carries a certain stigma? You have, you just have to present them with the information and, and one has to be ready to receive it. I did not come from a family and an environment that talked about any counseling um, any mental health. I didn't know anything about any of that um, before I went to college. My major was chosen for me. Psychology was chosen for me because when I described what I wanted to do, it was basically a professional mentor. I wanted to help people, guide people in the right direction. And so they said psychology. So mm-hmm. I, I had no... um you know, pre-knowledge of any of this stuff. And so um, once I, you know, went into grad school and start talking, you know, about it to my family and things like that, it was just kind of like, oh, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, Terry is going to be a therapist, but we still not into that type of thing. Mm. And so, you know, it was just, um, you know, you just have to be, ready to receive it, ready to um, listen to it. I have, I, I see my family post things on social media about they need to talk to somebody or they don't know what's going on. And, you know, I, I have books. <laughs> I, I have, I, I've been a therapist since 2006. I, I know things. I have information. I can guide you. None of them will say anything to me. So it's, you know, I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if, you know, if, you know, because it's me, I don't know if they forget. I don't know if saying something to me will acknowledge that they're speaking to a mental health professional. I'm not sure what it is, but there's still that block there Mm. for the family. It could be a mixture of all of the above. Mm hmm. Because Definitely. I I don't know if I would be as comfortable just laying it all out to a family member versus, um, you know, somebody outside of the family that don't know. But that's really, really interesting um, that they wouldn't say, hey, I need to talk to somebody. It can't be you because we're family. Can you recommend mm-hmm somebody uh for me to talk to that's that's and 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 they wouldn't um and I don't do individual counseling anymore I do um coaching sessions um but as far as individual counseling you know I couldn't provide the service because it's it's unethical and it's a, a conflict of interest however I know people you right. know I I have resources I have um, and many of my family members, I know your stuff. <laughs> I know it already. You. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know your stuff. This book could help you. <laughs> or I know your stuff. 
you know, and I know who could help you, but you know, um, people, people move at their own pace and, you know, they do what's comfortable for them and, you know, when they're ready to open up and different things. So. Do you find yourself, um, because of your training and your life experience, do you find yourself analyzing people in your head? Like when you meet somebody or you see certain behaviors, are you like, yeah, that's X, Y, and Z disorder they probably have? (laughs) (laughs) So when I first, um, when I was in grad school and when I first came out, yes, all all the time. Um, But then as, you know, as, as I've matured in the profession, it has actually become, I think, who I am. Um, I had a classmate tell me when I met him, caught up with him many years after school, he said, it makes sense that you are a therapist because in school you were always the person that would give advice or people would talk to. So at this particular point, I think it's just who I am so rather than, um, you know, me trying to diagnose everybody like I did, you know, when I was a novice, <laughs> I am always trying to figure out what's behind the person that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'm talking, I'm always telling people with the person that you see in front of you, there's more to them. You're seeing their past, you're seeing their hurts their joys, you're seeing their family, you're seeing their experiences. So I am always looking at people past what's sitting in front of me. That's what I do now. So when people are talking about, you know, this person has an attitude, she's so negative. My my first comment is, huh, I wonder why. I wonder what happened to her. That's like, I'm always, that's always what I'm thinking. Because I know there's some reason why you're like that. Mm, That's a great outlook to have instead of, you know, us always going to judge what we see in front of us or judging the book cover, so to speak, like to Mm -hmm. actually get into the, you know, the gumbo of things that makes Mm -hmm. that person who they are. So off the wall question. Does this make it harder for you to date? Um, so what <laughs> made it harder? <laughs> what made it hard for me to date was my own stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't it wasn't uh, being a mental health professional. It was my own stuff that made it hard for me to date. And once when I started dating, um, it was my own stuff that it ended in tragedy. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a mess, you know, which I'm going to talk about in my book. But yeah, it, it, it wasn't my profession. It was, it was my own stuff, baggage and everything that I was carrying that, that made my dating life a tragedy. The fact that you use tragedy, I can't wait to to read the the book that you're working on. Um, That brings me to my next question, because I know you have different books 
that all start with bold, which is your last name. So what led you, what led you to writing those books and tell us a little bit about them? So um, I used to like to write when I was younger. And when I was in grad school, um, I was in my completing my first year of grad school. And I mean, I was so busy. Um, My family would, um, I can remember my cousins like texting and calling, telling me like, you are always so busy. They couldn't catch up with me. I was trying to get a fellowship and I started having seizures. Mm. And I um, almost dropped out of grad school because my cognitive functioning was off. It was taking me forever to write papers and to just do anything. So I ended up finishing grad school. Um, and I never thought I would write again. So I graduated in 2006. In 2015, I, I, I always wanted to write. And I, I just was, I don't know if I was nervous or I just wasn't ready to attempt it, but Something happened in 2015. My uncle always told me that I was wasting my degree. He was like, you're just wasting your talent. I never liked a job out of grad school. Never. Nothing I ever did. I ever liked. And he said, um, he always pushed entrepreneurial life. Yeah. And I never, I never did it. It was like my uncle was above his time. He was before mm-hmm. his time. It's super popular now, but then it was like, I'm not doing that, you know? So in, in 2015, I just took a chance. Literally one day I start texting him. Like we got a name. He named my business. Um, I had a logo and boom, I'm launching a business like all within like three months. <laughs> and I wrote the book. And I decided to write my first book from um, to my younger self because my younger self, I never would have made it to who I am now without the guidance and assistance from the many angels that stepped in and helped me throughout my life. And there was so much that I needed when I was younger, there was so much that I didn't say. Um, And I know that there are other people that felt the same way. And I didn't realize how many people felt the same way, even still until the book came out. People that I've known for years, I had no idea because we don't talk about things. So that first book is really like my baby is, the closest to my heart because it's the one that I have been longing to write for some time. And the other two books just come from my interactions with the kids I was working with. They said one, one day, one of them said to me, you know, they were doing something. I was like, why, why, why did you do that? Cause I'm bad. Well, who said that? Hmm. Well, they say I'm bad. But literally, those were the words. I went, I went home and wrote a book. <laughs> so, you know, 
So yeah, those two just came out of that. And then this last book is for women is, you know, an extension of the first book because we are so many women um, identify with a bold letter, a bold, bold love, a letter to my young sisters because we are adults, uh, kids in adult bodies that have not addressed things from our, our past. You know, we just, we are growing chronologically, but emotionally we're still, you know, straggling. Mm. I need all three plus the one you working on. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Real quick. And normally we drop this at the end, but while it's still fresh in the audience heads, where can they get the books? Um, all of my books um, will are available on Amazon, um, as well as my interactive books, um, as well as on my website, www.boldvisionsconsulting.com. Now, the, <laughs> the book you were talking about, because I do see you're passionate about mental health and, and the youth, um, that book you wrote for kids or is it for parents with dealing with their children? Uh, which, which one? The one, the letter. Where, no, the one that you were just talking about, um, from the little boy talking about he's bad. Oh, it's two kids. Yeah. It's for, so, um, bold choice. They say I'm bad and bold me. I am worthy. Our children's books for, um, for little kids. And then they also have interactive books that um, can accompany them. And it's just an extension of what you're reading um, to further the discussion of the forgiveness and accepting friends and the power of words and making healthy choices and, you know, loving yourself and things like that. I think, well, thank you for that because I, and I think I posted this like a while ago, either on Facebook or in my private Facebook group about writing for children. As adults, we're quick to say, oh, they're bad or you're bad or this, this and this. And kids internalize that. Mm-hmm. So whenever someone would say that about my son, and even though I was a, a young mom, but I had enough sense at that time to know I didn't want people saying that to him. So whenever someone would say he was being bad when he was just actually being active like kids are supposed to be, I would tell them, no, he's not bad. He's active. I do think because I was mindful of not only what I said to him, um, but also what I allowed other people to say to him, you have to start with with your kid you know, your children, the kids around you early and pour it. You got to fight the media and everything else. So you got to do twice as much work every day, leave notes. But <laughs> And then the, um, the bold, the bold me, I am worthy. Um, it, 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 uh, you travel with four kids that they're getting talked about at school. And when they get home they they tell their parents and they're, and their parents are with them looking in the mirror, telling them that they are worthy and that they're beautiful and you need to repeat that. So I want to touch on 
self-esteem and self-empowerment. What does it have to do with mental health? Um, they're definitely, they go hand in hand. Um, you know, depression, you feeling low, you, uh, have no interest in doing anything. Um, you have no hope that definitely pours into your self-worth, um, your abilities, um, you know, how you see yourself. So they go hand in hand when you're, when you're feeling mentally, when you're feeling low, it goes, it plays a role all into um, how you function. Mm-hmm. So if you are struggling with your mental health, you're definitely going to struggle with being able to empower and uplift yourself, being able to, um, you know, root for yourself. My father died in February and my uncle, his brother died 27 days later. And um, it's been a interesting year. And I have all of these tasks that I have to complete, especially with um, I'm, my, I had to give myself a book deadline, which I'm a couple of days past, but I had to give myself a book deadline because I had a hard time um, just sitting, writing, and getting focused because I've been battling um, the stages of grief. Yeah. Including the, including the depression, getting, getting up, getting myself up. And there are days where I'm just crying, not wanting to get up. I don't feel like picking up the computer. I don't feel like picking up. So when you are dealing with the different mental health, issues and things like that it is really hard to empower yourself to build yourself up to say Terry you can do this it's it's an internal fight that I have been doing with myself since January and I'm finally kind of coming over it but it's been a rough seven months Mm. well first let me say I am you know, sorry to hear that. And thank you. I appreciate it. You're, you're handling it like a soldier. Um, I do understand uh, most of us, most of the audience listening have dealt with uh, death and it's, it's definitely a process. You don't realize that you are holding your breath until you finally get to breathe. So I think you're doing doing a great job. And thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. No problem. You know, transparency is important. Um, and, and it was important for me to, uh, when I was deciding how I wanted to format my book, uh, you know, my mom won't be happy about <laughs> all of my experiences that I share in the book. Um, and, you know, I'll deal with that, but <laughs> it's important for people to know that you are real. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, you know, I don't know if you're in a church or not, but it's kind of like, you know, when you're in church and 
you know, you have people coming to church or you, you have young people or whomever in the church that, that messed up and you have these people looking at you as if they stepped out of the Bible and never did anything. Mm. They, they never had an experience. They never messed up. They never felt this way. They, they never committed this sin. They never, you know, they never did anything. And so it's important for me to share my experiences to, to make me relatable. It's important for me to let my audiences know, my kids know, um, when I'm working with kids, that I'm not that far off from you. Sure, I'm educated. I have degrees. I know this and I know that. But I'm about to talk to you on a one-on-one basis, like you my little cousin or my nephew down the street, because I know what you've been through. I've been through that. I did that. Been there. You know what I'm saying? So it's a, I, I'm not ashamed or I'm not beyond telling people, yeah, I deal with depression. I, I'm sorry. That moment of silence was an internal hashtag. Amen. Um, <laughs> Cause it it was like it was like you just dropped the mic and walked away, and I was like, <laughs> "Wow!" It's, um, it's, hashtag it's amen. Necessary. It it is very necessary. Um, because my I would rather know who you are than than think you're one way, and I look at you one way, then find out later if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And then I see that a lot in in church. And what I have to tell people is the same Bible you hold in your hand has stories of adulterers and prostitutes. And let's not forget that David didn't just kill Goliath. Mm -hmm. I love that. You you did literally just drop the mic like I ain't even know where to go next. (laughs) (laughs) I can't I can't wait until so what's the release date or estimated release date for your latest book February I mean February September 20th so very soon yay that's like literally around the corner with kids today young adults today do you think, what do you think their biggest issue is? Um, I'm, I, I talked to a young person the other day and we were talking about how social media is a really big influence and um, just, just kind of understanding. And I also let her know that the, the issues that young people have Adults have the same issue. I find mm-hmm. myself when I'm doing work with you, I'm doing the same type of work, having the same type of discussion with adults. You know, the things people see on social media, no matter what age you are, you are taking that for the 100% truth. You are taking that and you wanting something that you think you don't have. You think that is something greater than what you have. You want that instant gratification. You think it's better. and You have an eight-year-old thinking that. You have a 40-year-old thinking that. You have 40 and 50-year-old social media trolls and bullies. And you have eight and nine-year-old social media trolls and bullies. So everybody is experiencing the same thing. Um, 
at, at different stages in life. Um, but the one thing that I would say that young people don't have that um, I would say my generation and older had, and I'm 37, they don't have coping skills. Mm. They don't know how to deal with hard stuff. When stuff gets hard for youth, they autom- they have meltdown. Also, um, the the gener the the generation that has parented today's youth have not given them responsibilities. Hmm. They do a lot for they give they have done a lot for them, so they don't have as much responsibility as we had, um, and so they don't know how to handle a lot of things. They don't know how to at 19 or 20, make their own doctor's appointment, or they don't know how to drive. They're not even getting their driver's license. You know, when I was in school, we turned 15, we getting that, uh, that tip. Right. 16, we're in driving school and we are driving like little adults. Now they're 20, they might go get the driver's license. So it's a different, they have a different drive now. Um, and they, they just lack coping skills. They don't know how to deal with anything challenging or difficult. Um, and the suicide rate is really just overwhelming because of, uh, one, the coping skills, and two, the lack of regard for life. Mm. People don't care about their own lives, so they yeah. really don't not going to care for you know anybody else's life. I always tell people when they talk about what's wrong with the kids today and I always respond we parented them period mm-hmm. how am I going to respect you as a parent and you posting pictures on social media with all your business out like mm-hmm. yeah mom I'm going to take you seriously but all my boys have seen you know all your cleavage so mm-hmm. I definitely love that you said that because I don't think enough people say that like we have to take responsibility um and some stuff I think a lack of coping that the kids have as well comes from some parents lack of dealing with stuff so if I don't Mm -hmm. deal with certain things you know in that may have been general generational curses it's going to come out in another way shape or form in my child we we parent, we are in relationships, we, we do all kind of things based out, off of our own experiences. Mm. That's a whole other show. Y'all definitely be yeah. looking for the uh for the part two. There will be a, a part two with Miss Terry. I could guarantee you that because that topic alone. Miss um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Terry, what legacy do you hope to leave for the world? Um, you know, I think about that all the time. And the, o- the only thing I can say is my minister used to say, I don't want to do anything that brings shame to God, to my church and to my family. Mm. Everything I do, I want to do to glorify God. I don't ever want anybody to be ashamed to say that they know me. 
Mm. So I want my I want my life to be one that is impressionable in a way that I'm using my talents to glorify God. Love that. Angels say, what is it? What is that? So Angels Say is named after my cousin Angel. She uh, died in, um, she died January 11, 2015. And we talked every day. She used to call me Dr. Bold. Um, she moved her family to Atlanta. Um, she was so nervous. She had never lived away from home and she was all about starting this new life. And she was in Atlanta for a week and had a, a heart attack. And she was 34 years old. She was 34 years old. And Angel always thought her say was the law. <laughs> she, whatever, she was my older cousin only by two years, but she just thought whatever she said was law. She thought she was my boss. And um, Angel Say is a fund donated uh, as what I set up for when I have initiatives to donate things. Um, people can donate through Angel Say, and those funds will go directly to whatever my um, initiative is at that time. This year, I had last year I had a uh, an initiative to get 200 books into Cincinnati Public Schools, and people donated, and I actually did well over. 200 books and they donated directly through angel say i'm the second oldest and there is quite a few under me and yes, yes. i am the boss um i'm one of 30 wow so are you on the, <laughs> the youngest younger cousin side or the older cousin side yeah i am i knew my number i am I think I'm 25, maybe. I think I'm 25. My oldest cousin, he might be 49. He might be 49. And then, then we had 30 and we've lost two. So I, I, have a, I have a whole lot of older ones that think they my boss. Yeah, I I can't even respond to that. And I'm hoping none of my younger cousins listen to this one. Because um, I tell them it's just you. I, I tell them like, it's just you. Other people would appreciate having an older cousin that tells them, you know, that's how I handle stuff. Um, so how can people donate to Angel Say? Um, they could go directly, just directly to my website, um, www.boldvisionsconsulting.com. And um, under the donation tab, I believe it's under about, and then the donation tab, um, and Angel Say is up under there. And through, um, if I get random donations and things like that, I'll just donate a book somewhere or um, I have t-shirts, I have lip gloss, 
um, that promote self-esteem, things like that. So somebody is always needing a donation. Right now there are um, schools, you know, school supplies drives are starting. Um, so if I got donations, I would just go and donate some books, put in some book bags. Love that. Donating a book, for instance, that can be the book that turns somebody's life around. So in that way, in addition to the other ways, you're leaving a legacy for the world. So thank you thank for you. that. I so how can the audience get in touch with you and connect with you like on social media and support you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Visions Bold. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-S-B-O-L-D. Um, Facebook, Bold Visions Consulting, LLC. And my website is www.boldvisionswithansconsulting.com. Well, thank you again <laughs> so much. Guys, kings and queens, make sure you donate and visit the website. It is a beautiful website. Check out the books that she has. The next one will drop September 20th. That's what she said here. September 20th. Make <laughs> sure you guys purchase it. With that being said, pens and papers down. Class is officially over. Make sure you subscribe to the show. And until next time, make sure your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition. And what you do with that is up to you. Go to ValenciaGWallace.com and find out more about the Move Retreat because queens need a break too.